Greetings! Welcome to Film Gazers, a podcast focusing on the science fiction, horror, fantasy trinity, and 20th century entertainment. I'm Steph. I'm Jess. We're cousins slash besties. Join us as we reminisce, discuss, and review films from our childhood. <laughs> you want a little shat on me? <laughs> shat on the day. Shat on it. Just a little shat. Oh, man. So, meowdy, everybody. Meowdy. Meowdy. <laughs> Hope everyone's been well. Mm-hmm. Hot as balls still. It has been hot as fucking hell. <laughs> no joke, it is going to be a hundred and what today? I think 101 by 2 p.m. And the feels like will be 115 at one point. Mm-hmm. And it's also humid. I was like, let's, let's just check and see what the humidity is going to be. Oh, God, what is it? Uh, it says 59%. It's oh, actually not that bad. That's not that bad. That's a good that's day. Under 60%. So it's a dry heat. <laughs> it's a dry heat. 60% dry heat. That's a dry heat for us. It's a dry heat, yeah. And we have excessive heat warnings. Yeah, so. all week it's been excessive heat warnings. I work on a old boardwalk. The insulation is not good. No, it's been hot as hell, though. Yeah. I, we're surviving. We're not thriving. No, not thriving. So this is when I get my seasonal depression is yes. in the summer. Mm-hmm. Same Z's. Uh, everything feels real bleak. Mm-hmm. I haven't really got to go outside <laughs> how I would want to. I know they're like, oh, you're by the beach. But also, um, like, hurricane season has officially started. So certain days when I'm working, the water's real nice and it's like yellow flag. Uh, on my days off, a lot of times it's like double red flag. <laughs> Which means you can't get in the Which water. means they will arrest you. <laughs> like, that's what double red flag means, too. You're out there, they will arrest you. Unless you're a surfer. I think you still need permission. Mm, I don't know. On the double red flags. I don't know if they even let surfers out there um, during that. Because that's the only time that there's waves. Yeah, during red flags. Like I said, the double red that's usually like everyone stays the fuck out the water. Damn, the water. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> she will murder you. <laughs> You'll be sucked out to sea, sir. <laughs> yeah. In all seriousness, because I know we do have listeners, I think, from like up north and some in the Midwest and things like that, and they probably do come to the beach and they probably want to have a great time. Just Get familiar with the flag systems because there have been numerous people from out of state that have already died this year. It happens every summer. It's very unfortunate. Do not let it happen to you if you come uh, visit the Gulf Coast or yeah. any coast for that matter. Any any coast because, I mean, I get it. You're on vacation. You want to enjoy the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't even think twice about it. If it seems, if it looks fine, sometimes it looks fine, but there's the rip currents and mm-hmm. that's what you got to worry about. So just a little... Public service announcement. PSA, <laughs> be aware. <laughs> to be aware. Because <laughs> um, the, it's the mighty ocean. Mm-hmm. Like I said, she will murder you. She will murder <laughs> she you. She takes down billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> <She's>, yeah. <laughs> it's, watch out. We already said. I mean, and then the orcas. We know the orca wars are coming. Uh, water's, uh, I mean, yeah. taking over. Mm-hmm. So, anyways... Uh, yeah, so that's we've just been trying to survive in this heat, uh, staying indoors pretty much. So we're finding ways to entertain ourselves um, mm-hmm. in those ways. So we're uh, in our back to school finals, and this is our Blue Moon episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
as we do have uh, a blue moon uh, this month as well. Then we are going to go into September because that's how finally time works. <laughs> it'll be spooky season. Yes. And also for the podcast, it'll be the Renaissance. Renaissance. For Brendan Fraser. Yes. Uh, so September is going to be a little uh, appreciation month. Preach. Uh, I chose Monkey Bone. Yes. I love that one. I, You know, I've only seen that one a handful of times, I think. Mm-hmm. Watched it a lot at my house. Don't remember a whole lot of it. Okay. Yeah. So this will this will be fun. I chose Encino Man. Yes. Because it was one of my faves around that time era. Mm-hmm. Because um, I loved Brendan Fraser and Polly Shore equally. <laughs> it was the 90s. <laughs> it was the 90s. That's amazing. So I think September is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm looking I'm forward to that. And I'm glad we did some more like random ones because uh, I I was thinking of The Mummy. Everyone loves The Mummy, mm-hmm. but I was like, nah, let's... And I yeah. actually just watched that recently. Uh, yeah, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I will say I'm like, kills it. Still oh yeah, it. still good. I, I don't think I can do an episode because it's just going to be being like, I loved everything about it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is why I'm obsessed with things that are Egyptian. That and Goosebumps, Arl Stein's The Mummy Book. <laughs> it was, I feel like 90s was like peak, like Egyptian, yes! Yeah. <laughs> Give me all the... Give me all the ancient Egypt stuff. You had a really cool book that was like opened up. And it, was and like, it had the papyrus and yeah. my hieroglyphics. <laughs> like I was super into it, guys. Yeah. It was really cool. <laughs> it was the cool thing book. I like, yeah, hyper fixated on for a long time. Um, it's just cool. Like I just really think that that culture and that time period is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I nerded out a lot about it. And I even enjoy fiction surrounding it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, in the works for today's episode. We mentioned we're trying to survive the heat uh, with entertaining ourselves. Uh, So what else have you been watching? Me and my mother watched a movie the other day called Red, White, and Royal Blue. Oh, is it like a, a, I guess, royal movie? Like Um, King and Queen (laughs) stuff? Yes. Victorian? But also, no, it's oh. modern day. Oh. And it is the son of the president of the United States, who is Uma Thurman. Oh. Yes. Um, <laughs> and her son. Wait, so Uma Thurman is the president? Yes. Okay. Um, and he is in love with the son of the prince of England. Oh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And it's a love story. And it's a movie? It's a movie. Okay, a little rom And it was so romantic. Aww, that I know, it was. It, was. it was sounds like, like a very, <laughs> like, um, like the kind of teen movies from our era. It was a little bit more than a teen movie. Oh, okay, okay. Because it did have some oh, like sex Lulu scenes. scenes. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's like a real, like a dull rom-com. Yeah, oh, okay, but not, not, it wasn't graphic, but it was. Like PG-13. Mm, yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's fine. a little bit, a little bit heavy-handed on the 13th, <laughs> depending <laughs> on... On the household? On the household. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was like, it was tastefully done, and I was yeah. like, oh, oh so nice. romantic. Ooh, cute. Yeah. I might, um, I'm going to have a vacation soon, so I think... I might do, maybe I'll do some kind of special where it's like Stephanie's vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And I can review like and watch like some, maybe a bunch of different movies. So 
That might be one I watch on my own. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds kids. fun. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend it. And then I've also been watching um, a show with my mom called Killing It. Oh, what is that about? It's got Craig Robinson in it. Okay. He was in The Office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I love him. Yeah, I love Craig Robinson. I love him. <laughs> he is uh, such a tall man. My favorite. Okay, he's so cute. <laughs> he's so tall. He's so tall. And he's so cute. He just looks like he's But what's funny. the show? Oh. <laughs> um, they're in Miami, Florida. Okay, cool. Um, and the first season was set to, they were like, hunting snakes for money. <laughs> and shenanigans ensue. Okay. Because he's trying to like hustle money because he wants to start a farm growing um, Saul Palmetto Berries for the men's health industry. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I know. So, and, and like total chaos ensues. Oh man. Like, so it's, oh, like, cause they do the snake hunts down south. Yeah. Because of all the, like, boa constrictors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm assuming it is. Where no, I think it is. Yeah, they, they really do do that. Yeah, yeah. They really do do that. They really do. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it is really funny. It's like it's cute. Yeah. Um, it's on Peacock. Ah. I was like, I really recommend Peacock. They got some good shows on there. Mm-hmm. They also have that show. Um, you remember that video game Twisted Metal? Yes. They have a show. And it's got one of the guys from the Marvel movie. Oh, crazy. The Falcon. Wasn't there a Falcon guy? Yeah. I think it's him. He does everything. Yeah. <laughs> He's really good at it, though. I, I'm not a big fan of his. I wasn't really either, mm-hmm. but I am in this show. Okay. Like, he's, uh, he, he does a really good job in this show. I just feel like he's one of those actors where he's the same guy in every role. He's not in this one. I think oh, he's a little okay. bit different. He's, yeah. he's funnier. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. He's, like, a little bit, like, looser. Like, more goofy, I guess. Yeah, yeah a little bit I mean, more goofy. I feel like he's never like that. And then, yeah, I'm just, like, he's always, like, middle of the road, I guess, for me. Yeah. Um, that's how I feel, but mm-hmm. nah, I liked him in this one. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe it's just the characters that he's playing. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I like this character and he does a good job in it. Um, so yeah, yeah that and one I guess was I think cute. the Falcon's just kind of lame. Personally. Yeah, it's just kind of like, I mean, some of those characters, like, later on, Captain, I don't want to take any heat from this, but Captain America's kind of lame. Like, he's kind of vanilla white bread, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone yeah, a little basic, Captain yeah. America. Yeah, a little basic. <laughs> I know. I mean. Uh, no, I mean, I like Captain America because I feel for him. No, like, I've always enjoyed Captain yeah. America. He's like one of my favorite mm-hmm. superheroes in the, in the Marvel universe. Yeah, I guess I'm just not as team Marvel like that. Or I like the X-Men. Like, mm, out of the, yeah. the kind of stuff. So, um, the Avengers stuff is cool and all. I watch the movies and everything. Yeah. Like, but uh, I'm more of an X-Men gal, I think, when it comes to the Marvel side of stuff. I like the DC, like, Justice League. I like, I like those big heroes as opposed to... I mean, Avengers. my favorite superhero of all time has always been Superman. Uh, yeah, same, so... And then Wonder Woman second. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Because obviously Superman can do everything. I know. Yeah, I'm still watching Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I finished uh, one of the big arcs, or I guess it might have been a season even kind of thing. uh, That Cell saga that I talked about. Um, uh, Gohan is a badass is all I'm saying. (laughs) Goku's dead again. 
Like, for this show to be, like, Goku's the main character, or he is the Superman, like, if mm. you will, he's supposed to be, like, And they kill him off continually. They kill him off continually, and then he's always never there, and be like, oh, he'll be here in five minutes, or oh, he'll be here in 12 <laughs> days, or, like, and then it's always, like, and then a hundred episodes later. He's still dead. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it'll be like, oh, he came back, and he did this one thing, and now he's dead again. <laughs> So that is a comical part about it. Like it's always convenient, you know. Yeah. But um, finished that part. Really, it was really good though. It was a lot of fun. So I guess Andrew said um, now there'll be a little bit of kind of filler stuff, but I don't mind that. Like you like the characters, you want to see them do different things. Um, I'm one of those people where I don't hate filler all the time. And anime, a lot of people get mad with that because it's, you know, just little stories, not a part of the main storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like, sometimes that's what's fun. Like, right. that's, that's a cartoon. <laughs> like, it doesn't, everything doesn't have to be like the main story. And I'm okay with that. Now, I get, sometimes it gets excessive. Like, in Naruto, there was like a hundred episodes of that because I think they had been waiting or something for the like comment, you know, to either way. So yeah, I can get how, I get how that's annoying, but, or like freaking uh, us with game of Thrones, (laughs) Mm. we're waiting for the main story and he's coming out with all these fucking filler side quest bullshit. And we're like, we just want to know what actually happens at the end of a song of ice and fire, because you know, that last season was not satisfying, sir. Nope, he won't give it to us. I barely remember the last season now. Right. I know, how depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, something you're I, so into collectively, and then you're like, meh. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, the I was time when everyone, we were all, it was we like a all, rite of passage. Well, and I read Sunday. all the books. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We and all did. Did, yeah. the, did the last one ever come out? I don't no, know. No, that's what I'm saying. We're still waiting. Yeah, that's on Tupelo. Yeah. That it's was been forever years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, we finally have uh, started our movie night back up. And uh, now that Dragon Ball, like I said, we finished the fight. So we're like, okay, we'll go back to mm-hmm. <laughs> normal stuff. Romancing the Stone. That's what Andrew went with. Oh, I watched that recently, too. Did you? Yeah, mm-hmm. he uh, he loves that one. That was one he grew up with. Very, like, near and dear to him kind of thing. I hadn't seen it in a long time either. Probably yeah, since I was a kid. So I... Did not remember hardly any of the plot at all. I just had these recollections of the scenes of, like, them together when they were, like, laughing or in the jungle or, you know, things like that. So, watching it this time, I'm kind of like, ah, I kind of, one, don't like Michael Douglas. He wasn't as endearing as I remembered his character being. Like, even Andrew, as we're watching it, he was like, oh, my God, he's, like, so fucking creepy sometimes. (laughs) Like, leering at him. Like, he does have like yeah, eyes. he does. He's like, he's like <laughs> Well, that's what I told Andrew. I was like, they can make him look like Indiana Jones, but he still looks like a yuppie. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in the end, when he's wearing his little jeans and is like tucked in like that '90s like dress shirt and the jeans, and he's on his little <laughs> boat, and I'm like, yuppie. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still a really fun movie. Yeah. Um, Kathleen Turner, just beautiful. I know. I love uh, that. Yeah. So that was a good pick. He's also been in like uh, 80s like movie mood lately. Isn't there a sequel to that? Was it Jewel of yeah, the Nile? Yeah, Jewel of the Nile. I think that's the one I liked more yeah. as a kid. And then, because the one I watched more of was just when they did later War of the Roses together. Oh, it wasn't yeah, anything to do one. with those movies, but everyone yeah. was just like, yes, they're back with their chemistry together. Right. And uh, that one I really enjoyed. So those were fun movies. I might, I don't know what I'll pick next week. 
Um, it'll be my turn. I'm like, maybe I should choose Jewel and I'll yeah, do a little. Well. Yeah, Keep up with it before you forget it. <laughs> and then we've also been playing Baldur's Gate for anyone that uh, games. Uh, we're yeah playing on uh, PC. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we just like defeated this giant goblin thing, so that way these people in this grove can like be safe. I guess. <laughs> I guess I'll it took us like safe. three tries like uh I'm still getting used to the controls and stuff I'm not like a huge gamer by any means I play some things with my husband but I don't really have many skills <laughs> skills mm. naturally I have to really like learn how to control everything so um yeah but it's a lot of fun very you know fantastical like D&D, I rolled a critical like miss at one point. I'm like, no, no, no. And luckily I had like a thing where I could retry and then I got a critical success. Mm. That is how quickly the tides of the game can change. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. So nice. I recommend that if you uh, play the video games. Video games. <laughs> All right. So in this episode, we watched 1999's Jawbreaker. It uh, released at Sundance on January 30th, 1999, and then United States release was February 19th, 1999. The running time, 87 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was like, one hour and 26 minutes? Yes, please. It was directed and written by Darren Stein. Uh, It was produced by Lisa Tornell, Stacey Kramer. Starring Rose McGowan, Rebecca Gayhart, Julie Benz, Judy Greer, Chad Christ, <laughs> Ethan Erickson, Carol Kane, Pam Greer. Cinematography was Amy Vincent. Edited by Troy T. Takaki. Music by Steven Endelman. Uh, the box office was 3.1 and the budget was 3.5. Oh. So yeah, it did. It, it was a flop, and yeah. it's never been considered a critical success. It has always been a cult, cult classic. classic. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to get into some fun facts. I found a lot of articles about this movie. This was a really fun one to go in and read about. Also of note, uh, the director is a uh, queer man, uh, and. It was funny to me because I even had in my notes at one point where I was like, "E, kind of like some homophobic jokes in here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so then to find out that he's like part of that community and it was the 90s and Jess and I had been discussing of like how just how things were back then, you know, when it came to the LGBT community, um, how they were portrayed in entertainment, how people referred to them, like, you know, the interactions Mm -hmm. like that were shown, um, in media like so it was just interesting to note that i felt like homophobic jokes were in there and then it was a person of the community creating the movie that had these jokes in there so uh that's just something to kind of also look into there's a bunch of articles regarding kind of um those issues in the 90s in cinema that you can also get into a wormhole and go read that so i just suggest if you like this movie or you're interested um yeah just go go google some stuff and you'll find a lot of articles and just a lot of lot of shit about it so Mm -hmm. i thought this was a fun one to look up (laughs) uh stein uh he first wrote the draft of jawbreaker in 1994 uh he was around 23 24 years old Uh, He said, he's quoted, that it was the creation of the kind of high school he wanted to go to. But, of course, the more, like, extreme, like, version. You know, he was like, ooh, dangerous and sexually provocative. Um, He was just, at the time, it wasn't much he had seen, you know, in other kind of, like, teen movies. 
Uh, he says he was very influenced uh, by films like Faster Pussycat, Kill Kill, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, and even Rock and Roll High School. I like how all of this has come full circle, too. Um, <laughs> Perfect. He says there's also influences of, like, Heathers and some other 80s kind of teen movies. Uh, but he wanted uh, it to be, like, mythic. He was like, like, the fashion, the dialogue is also sort of out of time. The music is all from all different decades. He was like, it's not meant to be a realistic film in the 90s. Um, Rose McGowan's quoted to say, this is Betty Davis, but in high school. So it's like, it, it was supposed to be kind of campy and capture mm-hmm. like a amalgamation of like eras, I right. guess. And it does feel that way kind of when you're watching almost it. Almost fairytale-esque. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like a nineties fairy a tale almost. Yeah. <laughs> 90s gothic fairy tale. Uh, McGowan, uh, in her memoir, Brave, uh, she wrote that she based Courtney on Jean Tierney's character, Ellen uh, Barrent, in 1945's Leave It to Heaven. She's quoted, uh, in that film, she pushes a little kid in a wheelchair off a cliff. When her husband says, why did you do that to Timmy? She responds, but darling, you needed, we needed more time alone together. Uh, I always thought that was bizarrely hilarious, so I based <laughs> Courtney Alice Shane on her, a character that was my tip of the hat to the classic uh, Hollywood kind of heroine. Um, but I just wanted to point out that I also looked up Jean Tierney's portrayal of this character. Um, there was YouTube clips, and there was only one I could find without watching the whole movie. I have to say, I've never seen this movie. Have you? No. It's like an old classic. Um, I mean, that line... That- Somewhat sounds familiar. But here's the thing. I watched it and there was nothing to do with a cliff or a kid in a wheelchair. It was the kid was disabled and it says the character is so obsessive about her husband that she watches his disabled brother drown in order to keep her hubby to herself. I couldn't find anything about shoving a little boy off a cliff but i don't know like i said i haven't seen the movie and the only clips available were her she was just like in a boat like and the boy's like supposed to be swimming and she's like mm-hmm, yes you know like it's like you know that very like typical like 40s kind of woman but her eyebrows are fierce and um she basically the boy's like oh i got a cramp and he's like drowning and she's just like in the boat letting him drown <laughs> like watching him drown like and she doesn't say shit like until the guy is, like, walking down to the lake, and she sees, like, oh, he's here. And then she's like, oh, Timmy, and jumps in the lake like she's going to save him or whatever. So I don't know. So I don't know. I'm like, so is this all bullshit? Because I found this quote in multiple sources saying that she based the character on Gene Tierney's character from this movie. But um, they talk about a cliff, and I don't know if that's in the movie. So someone tell me, or I guess I'll go watch this movie. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'll do. That'll be the quickest yeah. <laughs> source. Um, or just fast forward it. Can you not fast forward through No, the it wasn't the whole movie. It was just a clip, and that was the only clip I could find at oh. the time. Like, I wasn't going that hard into it. <laughs> I see. So I was like, someone knows, tell me. Uh, she also uh, pointed out that Courtney, she feels like, isn't a character that could realistically um, exist in today's climate. Um, she was like the constant bullying of other women and trivializing of sexual assault um, is obviously very dated. <laughs> right. But she was quoted as saying, it's a rarity that a woman is just angry or bitchy because she just is. Like, yeah. you know, she's just a bad person because she's a bad person. She was like, it's rare that a movie doesn't try to fix her anger. Um, which is true, you know, for a lot of like bad women. They're always, there's, oh, there's a reason. Or mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes they're just bad women <laughs> just like there's bad men 
there's bad people. <laughs> oh my goodness, women can be bad. <laughs> yeah, anybody can be bad. Anyone can be bad, exactly. But I'm of the mind that nobody's born bad. Ah, I don't think that. I feel like they're all turned bad. Mm, no, I think some people are just born shit. <laughs> <laughs> Glass half full, glass, glass half, half empty. <laughs> um, so Natalie Portman and Kate Winslet were also both considered for the role of Courtney Shane, but it went to Rose McGowan. I feel like it couldn't. Nobody else could have played that role, but her. But yeah, her. I, I. It's hard for me to imagine Natalie Portman Mm-mm. could not. I mean, she did not great in Black then, Swan, but that but was yeah, years later. but that was yeah later where she really. I feel like, but she was a good younger actress too. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. It would have been interesting, and Kate Winslet would have been different to see too. I'm, I'm having a hard time imagining her. So mean. She just seems so nice. <laughs> I love Kate Winslet. Yeah. I mean, I could see her like. You know, doing, like, quirky like she was in Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. Like, that was Mm -hmm. totally believable, but evil. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Rose McGowan does. You know what she... I was just thinking about this last night. You know, in The Craft, what was her name? Ferruja? Ferruja Balk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, she was... Rose McGowan was like... Like, men are scared of Ferruja. (laughs) Men want to fuck Rose. (laughs) Like they're line. scared of her. There's the witch But they line. don't care. Because she was in Charmed, and I love Charmed. Yeah. So I, I get it. Like, <laughs> So uh, PJ Souls, don't know if you noticed, but she was Liz Purr's mother. It was such a small cameo. Oh, I did not I know. Notice. Yeah. And then also Carol Kane was on it. She plays Principal Sherwood. She was uh, in When a Stranger Calls and Office Killer. Um, and then, of course, Pam Greer was yes. the detective, um, Vera Cruz. Wait, she, the principal was from Scrooge, right? Didn't oh, she? I don't know. Maybe. You know, the little fairy one? Like, one of the... No, that wasn't Carol Kane. She was not... Wasn't she the principal? The one with the, like, kind of squeaky voice that drove, like, the piece of shit car? Oh, my God. Is that her? Yeah, I think so. Oh, my God, you're right! <laughs> How did I not? Weird. God, why you couldn't did I recognize not... her voice right off. No, I think I couldn't recognize the fact that. Um, why wouldn't they have listed her in Scrooge Dwight right away? Yeah, <laughs> that's, like, that's like, a the only movie. thing I why know her from. Not, really? like, yeah, I was like, they give her all these. <laughs> like I don't get. They literally had office killer, but not fucking Scrooge. <laughs> I never put it together. Duh. Yeah, and then Pam, Pam Greer. Uh, she also had it in her contract that she was in charge of her own hair. And I love that. <laughs> I was like, that, that's very Pam Greer. I feel like she would be like, bitch. And I was like, fucking Jackie Brown? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she'll kick your face in. Um, so the costume design, of course, was very noticeable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stood out. Uh, kind of one of the favorites, uh, a lot of fan favorites, like, from the movie. It was done by Vicki Barrett, and she is of Clueless and Romy and Michelle's High School yeah. Reunion fame. So okay, I can see that. Yep. See, because it's, it's funny because, like, it said it was kind of, like, I don't know, dated. Not dated, but, mm-hmm. like, not a realistic wardrobe or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was like, but if it wasn't, it inspired the wardrobe because that was, like, super in in the 90s. Oh, yeah. But I was still more on the craft 
the uh, practical magic side of fashion. Yeah. It's more my jam. Like the Delia's like boho side. Yeah, of exactly. <laughs> Lots of, a lot more black. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're quoted as saying, um, we really wanted to pull from all time periods, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, they've been quoted also say, uh, the director was like, oh, everyone's, oh, it's so 90s. He's like, but it's not. If it were, the fashion wouldn't be iconic. <laughs> I mean, 90s fashion is iconic, though. Well, also, too, there was that time period in the 90s where people were referencing, it was those bright colors on bright colors, the Zoot Suit Riot, if yes. you will, era. <laughs> yep. And Rose McGowan is very much, I feel like her costuming is a hyper, um, like, a, I don't know, like a hyperactive style of that. Yeah. Because it has a silhouette. She has like the Betty Davis silhouette. She's wearing mm-hmm. the pedal pushers at one point right. and the little quarter length sleeve like tops. Cardigans, yeah. And cardigans. and But the colors and the are extra and, vibrant. Mm-hmm. And um, she's got like the victory rolls almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they're the ones that are really colorful but they're the most evil people there. Like mm-hmm. so they had this juxtaposition as well of how the main girl group is dressed compared to the rest. Um, of the cast there was even in one of the articles mentioning that like if you notice the more of the uh rebecca gayhart's character julie as uh, she the more she's removed from the group the more like stereotypical 90s she was dressed like the jeans and the, and the sweaters and the sweaters and, that, yeah. and yeah um so yeah so like well they're so they are right in that it wasn't 90s quote unquote because it wasn't maybe the mainstream it wasn't mainstream 90s but it but was, it was like, fash like and i guess that's fashion. what he means by iconic yeah. so yeah. i but it was still 90s like right. looking now at it you're like, like that's what okay. you wear to the club yeah exactly that's what you found at the body shop exactly like, <laughs> and i think though vicky barrett always did a good job though of combining those silhouettes or those colors and making it of that era, and but being not. like a trendsetter, really, she really was because yeah. that's what inspired everybody to wear that kind of stuff. Yeah, like Clueless. Mm-hmm. I mean, her, oh, I had all those her contribution plaid skirts yeah. and uh, Mary Janes and yeah, with the socks and those shoes. Like she still was always combining. Like yeah, mm-hmm. she was. She's great. So I'm yeah. like, she's like a part of film history in exactly. my like respect. So that's very cool that she worked on this one too. And then once I read that, I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Because I was like, costumes even stand out. Yeah. Also, while I was going through, I found a uh, another article called The Legacy of 90s Teen Girl Murder Films, uh, in which this article would have been real great when we did our fucking Poison Ivy episode. Because mm-hmm. half the movie, was, or half the article was about the movie Poison Ivy, which um, <laughs> I just thought was funny considering. I'm like, well, we've been there, done that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it was quoted, I think a lot of women have not had those characters uh, since the 40s or 50s with film noir. Characters that allow the viewer to say, oh, she's bad, but I love her. Um, they did like to point out though that they were like 90s teens often killed over friendship while the 40s femme fatales usually killed for love or money Mm. Um, but both trends were depicting women uh, who transgress uh, in a more sympathetic light Um, and kind of like using these over uh, the top metaphors for violence and jealousy and everything Um, but the article also wanted to point out where it does mention Jawbreaker, The Crush, and Wild Things, which was another one that was very much like, 
was that uh, teenage girls are evil one-dimensional vixens who claim adult men as their victims. <laughs> it was like to actually make a 16-year-old girl a full-on Hannibal Lecter sociopath. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's a where... A fatale at 16. Yeah. yeah. So that's where they lump in Jawbreaker's character. So, but I'm like, it's supposed to be kind of... She is. She's supposed to be just evil for the sake of being evil. Mm-hmm. Like... And there's nothing wrong with that, though. If it's... I like the movie... It suits the whole theme of the movie. So, um, I think the 90s um, teen girl murder films are interesting subgenre that existed. Well, and, and you know... Variety. I, I still don't think she was evil just to be evil because she was upset that she was dead. She was not first. upset. Yeah, she dropped the camera and everything. I think she was more surprised... I think she was upset at first, and then she was like, we gotta compartmentalize. We gotta get shit done. And then she just grew to be more evil as the... No, well, because they do mention that Courtney and her never get along. And I think that was more supposed to be... Liz was everything that she was not. She was that pure, ideal, Mm, like, patriarchal version of the teenage girl. And then, I mean, like... She's even quoted, I killed the, like, teen dream. Yeah. Deal with it. Like, and she's not. She doesn't seem that sad about it. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's, yeah, I'm of the right mind that she was a sociopath. I 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, and that was Marilyn Manson. Oh, I know. Yeah. And uh, just, I wanted to quote this because it did not hold up well none of it did and then also this quote doesn't hold up well either because this is years later we know what happened rose mcgowan has discussed the things that have happened everything was shit okay <laughs> like what, what? so the director was a huge fan of his and then rose was dating him so she said doctor will you do it she always called him doctor then it was so cute I'm like ugh, i don't know you're now you're just like oh so cringy and this is the other quote I said he could either be the sleazy man her character has sex with or he could be one of the people in the prom scenes. And he chose the sleazy man. Oh, big surprise. Of course he did. He was a sleazy man in Sons of Anarchy, too. Yeah, and then Manson's memoir shares that he and Trent Reznor uh, were sexually abusing intoxicated women during this time in a case of real life imitating art way too much. Um, the NPAA had gave the Jawbreaker movie an NC-17 rating at first because of the sex scene with Marilyn Manson. Um, they had to cut the scene down to get it to an R. So apparently there was more involved with it. Gross. Um, they did I know, out. yeah. I and that's where I'm just like, ugh. Like, none of that holds up well after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we go on to the scene where Courtney has threatened Violet in the bathroom. She, like, throws her against that, that mirror. Yeah. That was a direct reference to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, Courtney and Dr. Frankenfurter both used the line, I made you and I can break you just as easily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and when she said that, I even was like... Yeah, it was ringing around in my head. I'm like, why do I know this line? <laughs> I saw that and I'm like, that makes sense. The scene where McGowan is revealed as the killer, uh, I mean, to me, that obviously is the most iconic scene mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, it's It took three it's days to Carrie-esque. shoot. very Carrie-esque. Oh, yeah, and it very much was inspired by that. And the whole CD cover. Do you remember Courtney Love, Holes Band? The oh, CD cover of The Crying, uh, like, Prom yeah. Queen? That was his direct, like, he was like, I want that scene. Like, I want that photo is going to be turned into an entire, like, 
live scene. I want that. Nice. And I think, yeah, she nailed it. I mean, in that whole scene, I loved when everything, they were saying everything in slow-mo mm-hmm. and there was like no other sounds. Yeah. And, and just the way was, she did, wow. like, yeah, she did great. It's perfect. Um, that was also where Buffy the Vampire play, uh, Slayer was shot. Hmm, okay. um, was LA's Dorsey High. So another fun little one is there was um, a song when they're doing the sessy scene between Rose McGowan and um, the, what was his name? Dean or Dane or Dane. whatever. Yeah, Dane. Dane. Um, <laughs> so the director had fought, I read an article where he had fought to use this song by Connie Francis because it was very important to him. He He wanted that song. He really liked it. Uh, they were trying to get him to use some, like, uh, men. And he was wanting to make a very female-centric movie a lot. And there's a lot of women you notice in the credits that were behind the scenes as well. So that's cool. <laughs> it's cool and great and all. But turns out, she didn't want her song used. <laughs> so she literally sued Universal Music Group when she saw what the song was used in. And she said it caused her emotional distress <laughs> and violated her moral rights. What which song was it? I don't remember. I don't even remember. Um, yeah, I don't even remember. But apparently, she was like not happy that it was used in that context, like in the background of what was going on. So funny. And that was just what's like, her name? Uh, it was Connie Francis, and then the director also has been quoted because if you'll notice in preparation also for this movie, um, I did also watch Mean Girls earlier this mm-hmm. week because um, that was. Kind of more of my generations. I know you were a little more with Jawbreaker. Mm-hmm. I was still kind of young when Jawbreaker came out. Um, so Mean Girls was mine. But after watching it, I realized how much Mean Girls was like Jawbreaker. Right. Just without the murder part, you know. Uh, and so there is a quote that I found also by the director. Uh, he was like, it annoyed me at first because it was clear to me that Tina Fey had seen Jawbreaker. <laughs> um, structurally, there are similarities. But he was like, Tina Fey is brilliant. Mean Girls is hilarious. It does deserve its recognition. He was like, but that being said, I think Jawbreaker is the way bitchier and more stylish um, version than Mean Girls. He was like, let's be honest. The Mean Girls aren't that mean. On Tuesday, they wear pink. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was great. Like, he's still, like, basically, I'm like, he's just a little bitchy kind of guy when it comes to... um, even like the character, you know, from the the movies themselves. So I like that because that movie, the movie is like, and he's a hundred percent right. And it was a little more fun than Mean Girls in that respect. But watching both, uh, just again amazed by, like you said earlier, we these were around our time when we were around these ages or experiencing kind of culture during that time. And you kind of look back with rose-colored glasses, mm-hmm. and then you watch movies like this, and... and you're like, oh, damn. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, yeah, I guess it was like that. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So, um, sometimes a little eye-opener again, a yeah. little reminder of how things were. Actually were. Yeah. So, with that, Jess is going to read the Yeggogodzamra. When an exclusive clique of teenage socialites accidentally murder their best friend, Liz, on the morning of her birthday, the three girls responsible, Courtney, Julie, and Marcy, conspire to hide the truth. As the trio make over nerdy reject Fern Mayo and groom her to take Liz's place, crack police detective Vera Cruz 
launches an investigation that will turn Reagan High School upside down. All right, let's get into it. First off, I totally forgot the Donnas. Totally forgot about the Donnas. <laughs> Same, <laughs> I have that note too. I had to look them up after that. And then I was it. like, were the Donnas popular that early? Like, I had forgot. 93 is when they were like yeah. formed. Crazy. Yeah. Just crazy. So, And then I was like, oh my God, remember that Take It Off song? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I know. Yeah, it unlocked uh, a whole new memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> new memory unlocked. Yeah, and like music that I'm like, oh yeah, there was that time period where like the Donnas and like Jets. Do you remember Jets? That was the band I was trying to <laughs> where think of. Where it was like yeah. the seventies rock kind of revival. Like there's always a mm-hmm. a cycle of that. It feels like <laughs> which I'm down. I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, I, I know love you it. are. <laughs> oh man. Um, so it starts off right off the bat with the kidnapping. It's it is a very abrasive, like kind of shocking beginning. Like mm-hmm. this girl wakes up, kidnapped, jawbreaker shoved in her mouth. Um, she's in a trunk. Apparently, I, this was another fun fact throw in there. Uh, he grew up like around the valley, I think he said, and that was just like a thing that girls did do. Just during that time period when he was also a teenager was they would kidnap their friends or like moms would be like, you know, involved in it and they would like go to the local Denny's or something <laughs> like, you right. know, it was like it was this thing that girls did at that time. So that's what it was based on. And I remember like in a lot of movies like sororities and fraternities. Yeah, they would do it was supposed to be like, like a fun hazing. Right. Not dangerous. But yeah, so that's the thing of. Oh, right off the bat in the movie, this is where you instantly question was she trying to kill her? Yeah, because what else would you think? I don't even think my jaw could, like, open enough to fucking put a jaw right no, there like that. Could you no imagine, way. like, shoving one of those in someone's mouth? Like, so that's where, right off the bat, I'm like, no, she was going to kill her from Yeah, the she was trying to. Yeah. Obviously, because you duct taped her mouth. Yeah. Like. You could have just duct taped her mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't want her to scream was That's what duct tape's for. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm murderous bitch and nobody else knew she put a jawbreaker in there exactly until after the fact exactly because it was like <laughs> in like, her fucking throat the makeup was really well done yes, in this movie because it was her. realistic mm-hmm. looking and you're like oh god yeah can you imagine i know um so just immediately dead in the trunk and then you get your 90s riot girl veruca was it veruca salt no volcano girls song yeah, and the intro is a very 90s and that, oh, the collage of the photos mm-hmm. and you see their relationship and that they were a close friend group. I'm like, they're friends since childhood and they're just like, Julie, dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the first red flag of this movie. Right. Where you're like, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> childhood friends, you just cut them out that easily? Yeah, because that's where I said Rose McGowan was like an insta bitch. I didn't see a moment where she was like surprise, surprise. Uh, again, I think it was more of an act from the beginning for her character. Like yeah. I do think that was what it was supposed to be. And they don't like I said they don't seem that upset. Like they're instantly like still like hanging out in their car 
and like kind of laughing. Right, going to school. Going to school. Well, especially Marcy. Like Marcy just follows yeah, whatever. Exactly. And then of course the Julie character is upset but still kind of like okay, like, you know, goes with it. So I think she might have been in shock though. Yeah, that's true. They do kind of and I feel like her character expresses that, um, for sure. So I feel like you kind of see their roles instantly of the hierarchy of this girl group now. And, uh, of course, they have the peachy fucking keen line. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Which is, I feel like, very memorable. Um, yeah, so then you get basically the 90s teen movie, high school experience. Her, them walking. That is, like... Iconic. Iconic in my brain with mm-hmm. that song. Yeah. Like I said, as soon as I heard that song again, I was like... <gasps> I loved it. It really made me um, go back to, like, that 90s alternative kind of music. The next day at work, like, I had a little playlist on the background um, of those kind of songs. Mm -hmm. It had a great soundtrack. Yeah, it did. It really did. Yeah. And the music was so, like, seamless in it. It really was. Yeah. It was not... For it to have so many, like, good hit kind of songs, it wasn't, like... uh, practical magic where right like, the they were like, <laughs> <laughs> like for the sake of using yeah. the song almost um it went well together with it and you get uh, also the introduction of fern mm-hmm. um who is judy greer yeah and uh that she's such fabulous a funny wig. actress <laughs> yeah um She's a weird actress to me. Yeah. It's like sometimes I like her in things and then sometimes I don't. And I don't know why. I just can't pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does good in this movie. Yeah. Uh, she she does. She goes from mousy to bitchy. Like, I know. <laughs> really I well. Um, and I did not like her makeover haircut. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it personally. With her little roller set. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I hated her hairstyle. So funny. Yeah. I did not. I was just not a fan. In oh. fact, I'll be honest. I didn't like majority of her outfits. Even uh, no, you know what I did like was when she was like doing that cringy dancing on her on car. Her <laughs> yes, honestly, too, that was her best outfit for me. That was her best outfit. Yeah, I the rest of her that outfits one looked I didn't straight like. from Clueless. Yeah, that, it really was. It was like one of the summer's outfits. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So the whole setup is they've killed her. And they go to school with her in in their trunk. And leave her in the trunk. Like, she's not going to smell. Yeah, like, none of that. And then, even later, so, yeah, so that's the plan. And then they're like, oh, God. Well, they're dumbass high school girls. Yeah, they're dumbass high school girls. And then they go through the trouble of calling out. Right. When they shouldn't have even done that. Yeah, because that's what made it look suspicious. And then also, this is where, because again, I hadn't, oh, we kind of went off the bat and we forgot to talk about the last time we had seen this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, how long has it been since oh, you've okay. seen it? Um, it's been like 15 years at least. Okay, yeah, it's been a really long time for me too. So I guess I thought there was more police investigation stuff. No, like, I thought really. that was more like in the forefront, uh, much like Practical Magic, where the cop is just fucking useless. Right. Pam Greer is like... I feel like they're just for the the fact that, oh, someone was murdered, so you would have to have a cop involved. But other than that, right. uh, they really didn't need her character because it ended up going nowhere other than the fact of, I guess they kind of, it instigates that, oh, Rose McGowan's plan of the, the planting of that man's evidence, kind mm, of. Of a semen. But it felt so just background 
you know, compared to just the, the group dynamic, of course, that is more of in the front forefront of the mm-hmm. movie between Fern and... Um, they mostly use Julie. it so Fern could do her narration, I felt like. Yeah. She could talk about Elizabeth Purr. <laughs> And can we talk about what a weirdo Fern is? I was like, so Fern's in love with Liz. I think is so. Is what it sounds like to well, me. Well, and they even have a quote from the director again where they talk about how, like, she's supposed to be this fine line. Like, is she in love with her or is she just so obsessed with her, you know, that she's so obsessed she wants to be her and, like, you know. Like, but when she's going with the whole freckle thing to the cop, I'm like, nah, it seems like she likes her. Yeah, that seems like. <laughs> I connected all her freckles. <laughs> and she laughed and I was laughed the same is in my head. And then, but that's the thing, too, again, where you're like, okay, if you really like this person, they all like this girl, but no one fucking wants to help her Mm-mm. to be like, she was murdered. Yeah. Fucking Rose McGowan. So, in, in that respect, it is a dark comedy, because you're yeah. like, wow, no one really actually cares that this I feel like that, bitch is dead. that could be a truthful thing, though. Yeah, like right. In reality. Yeah, people are so Nobody wrapped up. They don't want to rock the boat uh-huh. so far up their own ass. Right. Um, so yeah, cause that's what it is. Fern comes across this cause she, uh, obviously is in love with Elizabeth and has never like really met her, I guess, in an official her, capacity. Right. So she's like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll deliver her homework. Because they said they would and then they don't show up to fucking do it. I know, like, hello. I know. I'm like, idiots. This is so, some of this movie is a little like, ugh, eye what I, <laughs> what I did like though, I, one of the teachers... When they were going through their, like, day, when they were all, like, you know. Um, the teachers were saying something. They, all the students were laughing, and one of the kids said, Planet Head! Did you hear that part? Wait, what did they say? Planet Head. Talking about the teacher. No, I didn't mean that. One of the teachers was talking, maybe it was, like, talking about Shakespeare or something. He's like, Planet Head! No, I heard. <laughs> so oh. funny. It like, random... It's very camp. This movie yeah. is very camp, in my opinion. Which I don't hate. I like camp. So, overall, I enjoy the humor and the absurdity of it. Like, mm-hmm. you have to definitely, like, suspend your disbelief, obviously, right. uh, for that kind of stuff. And they stage the body. So, they do get there before Fern. That was the whole thing. Now, they're like, oh, fuck. We gotta go drop this body off back at her house. Right. And it's already been in rigor mortis. And again, the, as I'm watching this la- the other night, I'm like thinking the police investigation is going to somehow come into play where I'm like, oh, I just probably don't remember. And uh, again, no, because I'm like, y'all didn't watch 90s forensic files because that shit was hopping. Like, yeah. they were going to find out in a heartbeat. That the body was posed after the fact. After the fact. No, apparently not later. And they're like, oh, no. They're like, no, we, no, we caught this guy. We got his, they used DNA, but they didn't figure out that all the cracking that you hear when they're like right, moving the staging body her body. Which I love when she screams and she's like, she looked at me. <laughs> she's like, her eyes are open. She's bound to look somewhere. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And Rose McGowan's performance is great in yeah. it. She does carry it. Sometimes I feel like the director-writer went a little too a much. A little too campy. A little, it is yeah. a little turn of the overacting there. It does. It gets a little. Where she delivers the lines a little too mm-hmm. teleprompter. I, yep, yep. You are exactly right. So that is some definitely some more of the flaws of this film where... 
you go a little over the camp or on the delivery. Yeah. And I think they were just eating it up. Like, I still at the time. It. Yeah, yeah. But when, like watching, you're like, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I knew this name sounded familiar when I read the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Jeff Conway. Fucking Kanicki from Greece. Oh, my God. That's who he was. Marcy's dad. Oh, my God. I was so like, funny. oh, my God, Kanicki. I thought he looked familiar when he's like giving her like the the little like not lecture. I yeah, guess. and he did the like, little sing song. I can't remember what he said. It's funny. Oh, that's hilarious. And they also throw in um, like the love interest of Julie, and I feel like that also was wasn't like needed. Yeah, wasn't needed. But I guess that's what talked her into doing the right thing. Yeah, it still felt just kind of shoehorned in. And I didn't really like Zach. I thought he was kind of a rat. Yeah. I was like, what a snitch. He'd probably turn her in if she didn't turn herself in. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was like, shouldn't have told him. Should have kept that shit to yourself. (laughs) I know. Exactly. So I'm like, because again, though, they're supposed to be, oh, it's very a female-centric movie or even female empowering. But why do we have to have a love interest at all? Yeah. And then I'm like, even if she is supposed to, Julie's supposed to be like, oh, the more stereotypical, ooh, good girl. And Rose McGowan's bad for the sake of being bad. Then Julie should be good for the sake of being good, and then she doesn't need the knight in shining armor to come fucking help her. And like tell her the bet, what to do? Yeah, yeah, that's how it almost felt. So I just felt like that was shoehorned in there for like, because it was still supposed to be kind of like a teen movie in that respect, like high school. Mm-hmm. So you got to have the boy and the I whatever. Guess. But yeah, it wasn't, didn't really care for it that much. And then all their, oh, he's in drama, he's gay. That's where I thought, that's why I was like, this uh, seems a little uh, right, comic right. sometimes. Then, oh, okay. Did not see that coming. Also, did you notice that Danny Trejo was the bartender in uh, one of the scenes? I thought he looked familiar. Yeah. Danny Trejo. But yeah, so, and then the drama guy did look familiar, but I forgot to look up who he was. He wasn't anybody that really stuck out oh, to really? me. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. I was like, I feel like he was in something later, but I wasn't sure. And that's when I was like, oh, but I did know who Danny Trejo was of in course. the background. Machete himself. And when it had, um, Rebecca Gayhart had those yellow sunglasses on, I was like, I had those yellow sunglasses. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> That's, uh, why some of the, um. The fashion. The fashion. Yeah. That she's some wearing. Some of the shoes I had, mm-hmm. you know. So that brought back memories. It was a And blast. I know everybody loved Rebecca Gayhart back then. To me, she always looked like she had pug eyes. <laughs> like, they're like. If you tap her forehead <laughs> too hard, they're going to pop. And they're like going different directions. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie uh, stays within the lines of most teen dramas, though. Um, I know everyone says, oh, it's different. And it's a little algamation, um, dark comedy. But I mean, it still it still follows a formula. Right. Like, I mean, it is it different is, because it's, different it's because fun it's dark. and campy yeah. and dark and deals with, um, you know, teenagers covering up their friends' murder. And like sex and yeah um oh also let's talk about the popsicle um (laughs) because reading some of these articles people bring up that scene uh you know rose mcgowan's been interviewed about it and she's talking about how like um sure maybe during that time like a girl doing that you know and being oh dominating kind of Mm -hmm. and then making him doing something that's Ooh, kind of gay. Yeah. Like, you know, it was very, ooh. Um, and then even someone in the article was like, oh, even by today, it's kind of empowering. I'm like, not really. It seems pretty tame. 
didn't yeah. look like as I was watching when it. I was told what pegging is. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. When someone was like, by today's entertainment, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, not really. Not when Broad City had a whole episode, like, of around like wanting to like peg dude so i'm yeah. like no come on this popsicle scene is so vanilla <laughs> yeah. uh to me by today's standards, by today's standards yeah for right. for um for acknowledging that kind of stuff like in entertainment so i think i'm like oh again how quaint <laughs> <laughs> so i feel like that one article i read was totally off base and that during that time sure but i don't think now not like i said not after broad city and mm-hmm. all these other different uh, forms of entertainment and media <laughs> <laughs> that have broached those lines and then crossed even and more. then burned them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did think that was funny. Oh my um, gosh, what I thought was really funny is that when he was like, "We need to find proof," so they go back to the scene of the crime to find the camera that's supposed to be there after all this time, and they like squatted. It's not here. I know. It's been like. It had to have been at least a month. Right? I'm it's been a while. It seems. You think like. the camera and the picture are gonna be right there? All the trash. All the trash you left. <laughs> it's not here. I don't know what else to do. Oh, but then when zoom out, there's a picture in that in the, in gutter. the gutter. In the gutter. I just so stupid. Yeah, that was like very. Oh, <laughs> put a little bow on it. Like, that was unnecessary. Like, why even show that? Yeah, because we know... To show how fucking dumb they are? Well, and also, it feels like more of maybe, like, as they got towards the end of the movie, and then he thought about it, and was like, oh, I made sure that I had, like, this photo and this Polaroid, and then didn't use it. Like, or it was just a red herring. But then again, why have them go back and look for it? Right. Like, yeah, it was stupid. It was not needed. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he thought the Polaroid was actually going to have something to do with something. Yeah, and it had no significance whatsoever. And again, I feel like that was more of they realized they did that, and then they were like, oh, I guess we have to, like, rule that out because people are going to be thinking that it has some kind of significance. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, so they're like, oh, darn, it's not here. And that's where it is. I feel like that was the red herring because then she gets the the box of of things, and it's the card. And you don't think her mom would have opened that card up before she gave it away? And heard that? Apparently not. Apparently even the mom don't care that much. And I just guess threw not. all the shit in a box. I was I'm like, like Here it's you go. been a couple of months. Max. And you're already giving her shit away? Oh, I guess it's the things for her friends, though. But, I mean, she probably kept, obviously, her daughter's own other things. But I don't know. I wouldn't be giving still, anything in my kids Again, away. very convenient plot point. Yeah. It's fine, though. It's that kind of movie. Like, yeah. You can't know. L- read too much into yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But it leads us to the iconic scene where I guess to this I'm like, oh, this is the whole reason why they need a drama guy. <laughs> so that is basically can... it. So he can be the sound engineer. <laughs> that was his entire purpose. Was to put a loop on the... Was to make out with uh, Rebecca Gayhart mm-hmm. and put the loop uh, on the PA system. On the PA. Because <laughs> we get to the prom... Uh, again, it's been just, yeah, a Mean Girls movie. The Judy, I feel like we've kind of glossed over more of the Fern stuff, because that is, like, basically the huge part of the movie. Violet. Violet, yeah. <laughs> uh, not impressed. Don't like her character. Don't like Fern. Yeah. Um, she's a clinger on. Yeah, clinger on. And then she doesn't do the right thing until, again, they turn on her. And I loved how she was like, I have all the power. And all I had to do is put up flyers. And she's like, ah. Faint twice. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then also, I'm like, okay, well, you go to the cops. Like, right. you're supposed to, and then she realizes, oh, well, I guess if we go to the cops doesn't mean anything because I'm Fern now? I don't know. Like, yeah. That's where it's like, I can see why the movie's a cult classic because of its fun and the dialogue. And but back then, I didn't give a shit about that because I just loved makeover scenes. <laughs> Um, you know, the 90s, there was makeover shows, makeover movies. Makeover my life! Makeover my life! (laughs) So, I love to get makeover scenes. Yeah, so, I, like I said, I know we've glossed over it, but, I mean, that's kind of what it is. It's a makeover, she's bitchy, not a character I enjoyed. I don't root for her. Don't really care what happens to her. Mm -hmm. Um, even, like, at least I do like Rebecca Gayhart's character enough. Because uh, from the beginning, she's like, this is my friend, and this is kind of wrong. And, yeah. uh, and then they, I don't want anything to do with this. They kind of give her, I'm going to get that bitch, you know, back kind of like vibe. I just wish they would have done a little more with her character to be a little more tougher and to be a little more the adversary of Rose McGowan. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like they played that up enough. And I feel like that could have been a lot of fun. I feel like they threw all that in Violet and then didn't do anything with, with Violet. It. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, like I said, the very next scene after she stood up to her, she mm-hmm. was already... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like they could have done a little more with that. I did like the scene when Rose McGowan's telling Rebecca Gayhart, life's a bitch and then you die. Mm -hmm. No, honey, you're the bitch. (laughs) I was like, oh, yes. So 90s. (laughs) Yeah. Like life's a bitch and then you die. Is that when that started? I guess maybe. I mean, I feel like it's always been. It's always been there. Yeah, always always been been there. But the, her delivery again. Yeah. Her good. quips. It was good. Because she was, oh, you love to hate her. She really mm. was like one of those characters. A Cersei, if you will. Exactly. <laughs> Especially with that walk of shame at the end. Oh, like, yeah, exactly. Very, I know. That's where I'm yeah, like, I was like. Did they draw inspiration I from know, this movie? Right? That's what I did feel like that, too. I'm like, ooh, yeah. I feel like Game of Thrones even like really kind of drew from. Because it feels it feels so high cinema yes. compared yeah. to everything else in the, in the movie. movie. Yeah. It really does. It feels almost like Kubek, Kub- Kubrick. Kubrickian. Is that what they say? <laughs> Kubrickian. I think there's like a term they use. But yeah, it feels like a Stanley Kubrick vibes for sure. Like, and they've, uh, he's even said that Carrie was an inspiration uh, for him. Sissy Spacek, obviously, mm-hmm. definitely, I think was um, who Fern was almost uh, kind of. Drew, I think that character, yeah, I can he see drew, that. yeah, Carrie vibes from her. But yeah, the last scene is the most well done. It is worth watching the whole movie. For. <laughs> At the end, when she's like, yeah. she's taking a picture, she's like, hmm. I <laughs> and I love the Grecian look that they gave her. Mm-hmm. That was very purposeful. They said like her with the silver hair piece. Yeah, they didn't want her in something too drab or too dark. Like they played it very well. And yeah, his inspiration with the album cover and then even the Donnas being there. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was such a, such a mashup and it went together beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. It was very well done. It was. I think it still held up well, except for the Marilyn Manson scene. Uh-huh. That was so cringe. And it was hard to watch. That totally crossed the line as far as her as a person, for sure. 
like having sex in your friend's bed and they show her underneath like yeah. she had her under the bed right uh, like Gross. and that's where you're really like yeah and there's no telling what else she did because she was a virgin to make it look like she wasn't a virgin exactly you know I mean? like you're like oh so you're, then that goes in your head so you're, and you're like, like damn yeah she is uh <laughs> she has crossed the line into <laughs> and that's the thing no though, coming back from that you don't really get her comeuppance though other than her walk of shame and while it's beautifully filmed when you think about <laughs> the it end, it's like the yearbook's like things that happened at the prom <laughs> <laughs> like so you don't find out if she's arrested you know no. like even in because uh, another article i read pointed out like oh even regina george gets hit by a bus and right. she didn't even do anything on the level that Rose McGowan's character did. Right. Um, well, to her, that was probably worse than getting hit by a bus. Right. Was losing it, her status. Exactly. And that's where I think that people aren't appreciating that. Because I'm like, oh, technically. Because her thought process behind everything that she did. Like, you can't eat lunch in the cafeteria. Because people think of digestion. And then they think of this and that. And, and makes it, you look weak. Exactly. And yeah. Like, you see the extent that is a good scene, too, to point out. They really do. And, again, Mean Girls feels like it definitely drew off of it 100%. Right. Only their stuff is a little more superficial as opposed to how almost... um trying to lose three pounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Rose McGowan's motivations are... She doesn't want people to think of her farting, basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, and... Uh, but from a... a point of power still and manipulation right like yeah it all comes down to power uh, and status exactly a little more so than she's a ruler therefore she can't be like one of these normies Uh, yeah in the cafeteria (laughs) (laughs) she's above that she doesn't eat in public (laughs) in front of the peasants yeah right so so yeah it was uh, in that respect she has, like, it was elevated a her uh, herself up to goddess mm-hmm. yeah status. essentially yeah and it, it is like a greek tragedy even the whole movie is yeah. so uh i her fall think from power essentially exactly and olympus yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brought her down a peg mm-hmm. uh yeah so yeah i definitely think it was a fitting ending when you look at it from that perspective especially yeah. like what's What's better than that? Like, exactly. Well, and again, the police investigation stuff wasn't the four. It wasn't that kind of movie, you yeah. know. Like I feel like the Pam Greer stuff just a little nod to almost the kind of campy nature of the films that she did and everything. Right. And like I said, I felt like it was there just because it was one of the plot points uh, to help move forward with more of the teen girl <laughs> drama aspect right. of the film, which is what you're going to get out of this if you haven't seen it. Just heads up. <laughs> it's a teen drama. So it does hold up to the dark comedy genre uh, well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I still enjoyed it. I don't know like it, how soon I would watch it again, but I wouldn't like, it wasn't like, ugh, didn't hold up. I'll never watch that I'll one. probably still watch it It was it good. Again. I would yeah. watch it again. Just for the um, fashion alone. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, like I said, great soundtrack. Soundtrack, yeah. On point. Soundtrack was banging. So, that was uh, the back to school final. <laughs> and then it ended, get the fuck out. Yeah. I was like, quick and easy. Loved it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, I think, yeah, that was my last one was uh, the Crissage Walk of Shame. Well done. Mm-hmm. Ends. Ends. <laughs> like, Beneath. yep, you get it. Right away. Dunzo. So that was uh, 1999's Drawbreaker. Mm-hmm. Next month, as we mentioned, will be the Frenaissance. The Frenaissance. We'll start with Monkey Bone. We'll end with Encino Man. Mm-hmm. And then we get into... 
spooky season. I know, I know that. I'm very excited. So we're going to have to put in some thought of what we want to do with our horror movies. I feel like last year we did good with uh, kind of kicking off. We did our birthday picks, which mine happened to be a scary movie. Right. Um, so and then, yeah, we had kind of kicked off in a spooky season. And I know we did more of kind of um, <laughs> random. We just went real random, I feel yeah. like, last year. We kind of were just like, mm, I want these are the things I want to watch I hadn't watched in a while. Um, there really wasn't much of a theme right. cohesively. Well, like, it was our first season. So. Yeah, and it was our first season. And I still want to say, if you are looking for Halloween uh, and scary stuff uh, on the horizon, if you're getting ready in September for a spooky season vibes, um, we did Strangeland. And I know it's a really obscure movie, and I know that contributed to people not listening to that episode, but I just cannot recommend it enough. <laughs> <laughs> like the episode, I, big floppy yeah, monsters. Well, and also just to watch the damn movie. Like, oh it's yeah, such a stupid, fun, scary movie that I yeah. feel like needs a little more of a cult following than it has. Yeah, so I, I kind of thought it was a cult classic already. More so than even yeah, like no, apparently there's only a few of us pulled onto that torch. I mean, well, like I said, D. Snyder. I know. <laughs> So that's why I wanted to bring that up again. Yeah, 30 Days a Night wasn't that great of a movie, but I feel like our episode on it was decent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, again, we did some random ones last year. So maybe this year I'm thinking we might maybe do maybe a, uh, a more firm theme, perhaps. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So just And uh, I would like to maybe throw it out there to put a mini episode in of Garfield's Halloween. That would be fun. I remember we had an intentions of doing that. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of intentions with these minisodes, and then we never do them. Yeah, sometimes life happens. You know what I think we might have to do is start doing them possibly separately. And we just record them on our own. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you yeah. do mini, like a minisode with Jess, a minisode with Steph. Like, and that way you can just, when you watch something, just go in your own room and, re- and record okay. it. Okay. You know, yeah. and then nice. we got something, maybe. Nice. Yeah, have a little... And that way people can get to know our own maybe personal watching habits. <laughs> maybe we'll start seeing some patterns of <laughs> what you watch in your free time and what I'm watching in mine. Yeah. Where are, uh, where's your brain going? <laughs> You're like, Garfield's Halloween. Garfield's Halloween. <laughs> what, what should I, I be? <laughs> I fucking love that movie. I know. It's so good. I still think about that song when I'm getting dressed. Me too. <laughs> There's so many sides to, to me. me. <laughs> it's a banger. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. So as always, you can find us at Film Gazers on the Instagrams, on the Facebooks, and on the Twitter. On the Twitter is where you will find the Discord uh, link, so you can come join us there. Mm-hmm. Where I get notifications, um, <laughs> and then and she never doing nothing. Writes in the uh, group. <laughs> Oh yeah, I I have intentions. (laughs) Always intentions. Always and forever. But follow through. We'll see. Well, also, as I mentioned in the last episode, I'm wanting to do some laser cuts and some stuff for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I'm gonna have a vacation soon, so I'm kind of hoping I'm gonna knock all this kind of to do stuff that for my fun things that I've been wanting to get done. 
and kind of get those going. There's only so much. If I didn't have to sleep, mm-hmm. I would get so much shit done. If I didn't have to work. Well, that especially. <laughs> Me, I'm like, I would give up my sleep, not my fucking job. Like, that should be my first choice. Like, if I didn't have to work. But that's an option. <laughs> I mean, true, it's not an option. So I do wish I could run on less sleep. But with that, time to hit the dusty trail. Until next time. Later, Later, taters. taters. Oh, I ain't gonna tell you though.